Support for IPR comes from Hands in Harmony, a therapeutic healthcare facility with a splash of spa and a team of holistic healers to help in the quest for health, harmony, and happiness. Cedar Rapids and Mount Vernon. Classes, massage, and more at myhih.com. Today is Friday, the 30th of September, and this is Here First from IPR News. I'm Julie Englander. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds has joined a lawsuit with five other states seeking to stop the Biden administration's plan to cancel up to $20,000 in student loan debt for many Americans. Reynolds says in a statement that mass debt cancellation punishes and belittles Americans who already paid their student loans or didn't go to college. The court filing says there's no law that allows President Joe Biden to unilaterally get rid of people's obligation to to pay loans they took on. An estimate from the Biden administration says more than 400,000 Iowans are eligible for student debt relief. A tweet from the account of Reynolds' Democratic opponent, Deidre DeGere, says Reynolds is fighting against the interests of hardworking Americans. A man from Sioux City who pleaded guilty to being in the U.S. Capitol on January 6th has been sentenced to 90 days in federal prison. 54-year-old Kenneth Rader must also serve three years of probation. The federal judge who sentenced Rader said January 6th was a stain on our republic. The prosecutor said Rader recently said he believes Donald Trump is still president, and while Rader pleaded guilty, he hasn't shown remorse. Rader told the judge he recognizes the event was wrong but can't say much more. The judge noted Rader had 23 prior convictions, and if Rader violates the terms of his parole by failing a drug test, he'll be sent back to prison. A Woodbury County judge will hear a dispute between Navigator CO2 Ventures and landowners today. Vicki and William Hulse are at the center of a lawsuit brought forth by the company that is planning to construct a carbon capture and sequation pipeline across much of Iowa. It says the couple has violated state law by not allowing its agents to survey their land and has filed a request for an injunction against the Moville landowners. But the Hulses have filed a countersuit challenging the state law. They claim the private company doesn't have a constitutional right to survey their land. The Hulses admit to turning away land agents twice, but deny receiving proper notification from Navigator. The company has filed similar lawsuits in Clay and Butler counties. The Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission is planning to raise the penalty against casinos for underage gambling and violations of the South Ban. During their meeting yesterday, they discussed raising the minimum penalty from one to $3,000. Iowa Racing and Gaming Association Wes Erickey says the industry is concerned about how the amount is determined. We kind of question what is the need to triple that cost for a fine from 1000 to 3000 What is that intending to accomplish? We'd hoped to have had that discussion maybe going into this rule before even putting this rule in place to really try to understand that and work through what that might be. He says the current wording says a fine up to $1,000, but all fines have become 1000 Eric, he says the industry would like to see some plan for fines that differentiates them based on the seriousness. 
Commission members say one of the factors is inflation, and the fine has not been changed in 32 years. Racing and Gaming Commission Administrator Brian O'Rilko says the recent violations prompted them to take a look at the fines. Fines have been in place since 1990, uh, and, and maybe it was time to, to take a look. We have seen uh, uh, a recent uh, uptick uh, in uh, violations. Uh, not a significant uptick, but definitely more than what we have seen five or ten years ago. And This is Iowa Public Radio's Here First. I'm Julie Englander. Can we heal the environment? In Kansas, we're working on it. Up From Dust is a podcast about how humans reshaped the world to fit urban landscapes and agricultural needs. We'll meet the people who are rolling up their sleeves to find more sustainable ways forward. Listen to Up From Dust from KCUR, part of the NPR Network. More cities are looking to make big investments in solar power to combat climate change, but that raises the heated question of where exactly to build a solar farm large enough. Carlos Moreno reports for Harvest Public Media on how one such project is splintering communities in Kansas. Frank Geringer rides a flatbed trailer towards rows of apple trees loaded with galas, crimson crisps, and other varieties ready for the picking. His family owns this bucolic orchard and berry farm outside Edgerton, Kansas. Just beyond its borders lie 2,000 acres of land targeted as the location for the state's first utility-scale solar farm. To really look at them, it's not a heck of a lot different than looking at an orchard or a vineyard. Really, it's just rows of panels. They're harvesting sun, same thing I'm doing. I mean, all of agriculture sells the sunshine. For years, the Florida-based company Next Era Energy Resources has been exploring a solar farm spanning Johnson and Douglas counties. But it wasn't until this spring that the two county commissions passed regulations allowing the process to move forward. If built, the West Gardner project would be the largest in Kansas, generating 320 megawatts, enough to power thousands of buildings. But not everyone agrees that's a good thing. While some people are eager for Kansans to fully embrace renewable energy, many don't want the countryside, their countryside, turned into industrial sprawl. It, it has devastated this entire community. It has killed long-term relationships, family relationships, connections, niceties, you know. Carrie Brandon lives in Johnson County near the proposed farm. She remains skeptical of nearly all facets of next era's plan. It just feels like it's all interconnected. There's a big boys club going on and girls club, cause, and it's all all behind the scenes. Brandon and her group, Kansans for Responsible Solar, argue the process is moving too fast, and they would rather see a smaller, more restricted solar farm first. Because keep in mind, this is new. This is all, all new. Never in the history of mankind have we ever blanketed populations with 2,000, 3,000 acres of utility-scale solar. Solar companies say they need to build farms this size to produce enough electricity for urban areas and store energy for peak demand periods. And the farms need to be close enough to their customers to efficiently deliver it. Utility-scale solar farms are already being constructed near cities like Houston, Texas and Pueblo, Colorado. Kansas City is even talking about building an up to 3,000-acre installation near the airport. Those explanations aren't convincing Dan Fuller, who owns Whitetail Run Winery in Edgerton. Fuller says he's researched different green technologies 
and has considered adding solar panels to his own buildings. But when you have a huge company coming in and doing this stuff behind everybody's back, and I've been in business long enough to know that any company that's a business has a bottom line. Fuller has a list of concerns about a project this big. Soil erosion, noise from the battery storage, chemical applications, and property values. Because you cannot tell me that if somebody's hunting for a place to build a house, that they're going to drive around and they're going to say, oh, I want to build a house right next to that solar farm. Those are beautiful panels. Karen Willie sat on the planning commission that passed the solar farm regulations in Douglas County. She says the public needs to take responsibility for the increasing amount of electricity it's consuming. That means moving away from reliance on fossil fuels that are causing climate change. And it's hard. It's, change is hard. And um, the only alternative to that, though, is to continue with the, you know, the, the environmental devastation that comes with coal. NextEra has yet to formally submit an application to start building the West Gardner Solar Project. The company says it's examining the new frameworks in Johnson and Douglas counties and will hold public meetings to talk directly with community members. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Carlos Moreno. That story comes to Harvest Public Media from KCUR in Kansas City. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains, including IPR News. This is Iowa Public Radio's Here First. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julie Englander.